We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Here's Andy Luke. We are less than 48 hours away from the NBA season start, depending on when you're listening to this, of course. Uh, recording this Sunday afternoon, Warriors open the season against the Lakers Tuesday, the 19th, 7 p.m. How excited are you? This is, this is, it doesn't get any better than this Warriors season that's coming up. We have not been this excited. Shit, I have not been this excited for Warriors season since... They won the first championship. Well, I lie. Since KD first got on the team. But but seriously, I think this team is a team that for the first time we don't know. They're not a heavy favorite and they're not terrible. Right? They're not one or the other, which is what we've seen for the past five seasons. And so we genuinely don't know. And that's where the excitement comes in. Absolutely. It feels like the last two years felt like such a grind. There wasn't a lot of optimism at the start of the season. First with the D'Lo year, then last year with the COVID year, and like guys like Ubre who didn't fit. Like there, this feels kind of like the Warriors that everyone fell in love with when Steve Kerr took over at the beginning. Probably not as talented, but like it, yeah. it, it there's a lot of momentum and positivity going. So for our season preview here, I want to make it pretty straightforward. By the way, this is part one. Part one will focus on the Warrior players. Part two will be focused on the league as a whole. I just kind of want to go down all the key players for the Warriors and kind of what we hope to see from them, what we expect to see, et cetera. So why don't we start with the man who's pushing all the buttons, Steve Kerr. What do you want to Uh, see from Steve? Oh, man. Okay, from Steve, I I had a couple of things that I thought of. Some some of them tangible, some of them intangible. The first thing that I want to see is that he's locked in, is that he's – he actually looks like he cares on the bench. This is my Bill Simmons kind of like body language uh, part of the body language doctor time, body language doctor. It's just the last two seasons. Just look at Steve on the sidelines and you can just see that he's miserable. Like he doesn't want to be there. Uh, He doesn't want to coach. He doesn't want to coach the players that he has. Uh, He just, I don't know what it was like. Not not interested in chasing wins. Not at all. Right. Something, something was pissing him off. Right. He would come into the seasons and he was just angry and saying like, well, we're not, you know, we're not good enough. And it's like, dude, it's like three weeks before the season starts and he's, he's angry about something. So I want to see him just look like he's happy. Number one, which, which he does. Number two, um, I want to see him go out of his way to integrate someone like James Weissman. I think that's the big thing. 
I'm happy with the way the offense is going and the threes. We've seen that. So I don't need to see that anymore. You've already seen it. But when Wiseman comes back, I want to see him. Let's, let's put a number on it. Let's say 10 pick and rolls, right? Like I want to see him go out of his way to make life easy for James Wiseman. That's the number two thing that I want to throw out there. That's great. So mine kind of ties into yours. I've loved what I've seen from Steve Kerr specifically in the preseason. I just want to see him build upon that. I feel like Steve Kerr is like one of those. There's two types of coaches. There's those who are on you about every little detail. And there are those who are, let's just say, the opposite. So it's like you got on one end of the spectrum, you got like Greg Popovich, who's like micro on top of everything. And you made a bad pass. We're calling a timeout immediately, that type of stuff. On the other end of the spectrum, you have like Don Nelson, Mike D'Antoni. What they're trying to do is instill confidence and they're willing to live with you making a certain percentage of mistakes as long as you're playing with confidence and, and getting up the right shots. I think Steve's trended traditionally more towards pop. I would agree. And, and, and it feels like this preseason, he's really stepped away from it. And I think it shows most with Jordan Poole. He's given Jordan Poole a longer leash, the type of thing he gives no one other than Steph Curry. And with that's going to come Jordan Poole taking some bad shots. But the fact that Steve's given him the space to do it, I think means more than anything because we saw what Jordan Poole looked like when he was in his own head about trying to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It was not very good. When he's allowed to play free, he looks like a hell of a good player. And a lot of that's confidence. And it seems like Steve is starting to figure it out. So I just want to see him continue to do that because this team isn't necessarily built to be a clinical execution based team. Like, uh, like the peak Spurs or maybe like the 2016 Warriors or something. Yep. There has to be a little bit of a free-flowing element and you have to give guys a little more rope. And that's what I want to see Steve continue to do. He's showing it. I have no reason to think he won't, but that's like a big evolution for him. The the, the cap off, so a couple of things, right? Steve, with, with Jordan Poole, I do see a little pop on the defensive side. He, uh, I think Steve blows a fucking gasket every time Poole makes a defensive mistake. Also, I would not be surprised if Poole doesn't play for long stretches of a game because he's bad on defense. Like, I would not be surprised if Damian Lee is out there playing lots of minutes. So that's the other thing. But a uh, big year for Steve Kerr. I mean, just one of the it, – it, this is one of the few times that I think you get – very rarely in basketball do you say – like the coach is a big part of the team, in my opinion. Sure. With football, you always go like Kyle Shannon it's all every about the week. coach. <laughs> every week it's Kyle this, Kyle that, every t- in baseball, you never hear about the manager until the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but in basketball, I don't know, like when do you really ever hear about the coach? The last time with the Warriors was really that first preseason before they won the championship. So since then, now it's like spotlights on Steve, right? Like it's it's a big hey man, like that dynasty. That, that legendary team, that part is over. Now what can Steve do to kind of get this team back into contention? So, uh, so far, so good. This, this I think that's also, he gets the opportunity to reinvent himself, which yeah. a lot of coaches do not get. Actually, most coaches don't get, particularly with the same team. Usually if you reinvent yourself, you, gotta, you go to a new team, you learn from what you did in the past. So watching Kerr evolve uh, is one of my favorite things to see. And again, Preseason's preseason, but I feel like all signs are trending positively. We're right bullish now. on Steve. We're yeah. bullish on Steve. This, 2.0. Is a, this is a big Steve 2.0 podcast here. <laughs> um, all right, let's move to. I mean, I'm just going to do it in like uh, order of importance. Uh, Steph Curry. Who could, who could the next one be? Yeah. Uh, the most, what, what would I like to see out of Steph this season is um, 
the most threes, he's going to break his record. Um, there's not much. I don't know how much better he can get. I think now it's just about the type of volume, the type of mindset that he has um, against Portland. He still has kind of the same mindset, right? Against Portland, he came out and he was coasting. He said, let me get everyone involved. Let me have everyone do their thing. And then all of a sudden, near the end of the quarter, he says, all right, I'm going to take over. I'm just going to do what I do. And he scores 41 points in 29 minutes. So I don't think he's ever going to come out here and start the game and say, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot eight threes. But I also think that there's a, there's a type of urgency this season that the Warriors have, especially the first 20 games. I mean, just the urgency is going to be Especially since we know they're probably not going to have Wiggins from, sorry, wise for majority whoa, whoa. of those first 20 games yeah, yeah sorry there's just a tongue yeah. thing but they're not going to have wiseman for a fair try and they're definitely not having clay for the first 20 yeah. games so um that's interesting on your steph curry point last year he took the most threes per game of his career 12.7 i think mm. only james harden's taken more in a season of the course year. anyway um, that's just to be clear, that's 13.4 threes per 36 minutes. I only say that because in the preseason, he's been averaging 16.6 threes Whew. per 36 minutes. Wow. It's the only way I could like make them, you know, um, the stats. So it's the same. So there is, I mean, it's possible Steph gets up more threes this season. They did even last year. And Honestly, I don't think there's a number of threes that's too many for Steph. At no, no. point is it no. like, yo, whoa, whoa, slow down. <laughs> so yeah. I can see it. Is, is that yours? Okay, prediction. Yeah. Does Steph break 402 this year? I do. I think he breaks 402. I, I think last season he was on pace to do that if they had played 82, mm-hmm. um, especially down the stretch. Yeah, I, this season, I think he's breaking it. And uh, the guy just keeps getting better and better. I think that's – they almost need him to break it, Sam, if they want to be top three in the West. So yeah. yeah. So I put it this way. I think he can average last year. He averaged 5.3 makes a game. Honestly, I think he can get to at least five and a half makes a game at minimum. Yeah. Um, That would mean he would need to play 73 games to get to 402. So that ties into what I want to see from Steph Curry this year. My number one thing I want to see him play 70 plus games if he plays 71 or 75 or 73 or something like that i feel very confident the warriors hit the over if he plays under 70 now i'm starting to question you know like grant if you got to like 68 69 it's basically the same thing but it's like if he has one of those years where he misses 20 games 30 games this team isn't going to be able to sustain that particularly with clay probably missing half the season when you factor in rest days he's going to get after he returns. Like, I don't see it. So for me, the most important thing with Steph Curry, I don't even care about the numbers because they're yep. always going to yep. be there. I want him to play 70 plus games. If he tops 70, the Warriors will top 48 and a half wins. That's my, that's my bold pick. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I can't disagree that the 10, the games that he's, I don't know if he's had major injuries. I mean, that, that no. he's had that wrist, but nicks and bruises, right? Ankle twist here, falling on his ass there. I was, yeah. I mean, he literally broke his ass last year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, type of stuff. I, I just don't know if you can control that stuff. You're right. I mean, 72, 73. Now, the question becomes, and we're going to get to some of the other important players, and this would dovetail into it, is that if he does miss those games, are the Warriors in a better situation than last season? Yes, but does it really matter? 
right? Like even if they're in a better situation and Draymond and, and, and Wiggins and, and poor are there and they're better this season, does it really matter? I, we'll see. We'll see. I, I feel like they have the type of roster where if Steph misses two to three games at random points here and there, they can definitely fight to be 500 when he's gone. But, you know, like, let's say he misses a week because he turned an ankle. So he misses three games. They go yeah. two and one or one and two. Let's say he misses a couple of games because he bruised something, you know, they get one and one, that type of thing. That's much different than if he hurt something and misses 15 games in a row. If he misses 10 to 15 in a row, it's hard to see them not ending up in a free fall. At a certain I mean, point. It, like, then it's then it's like they can't play clay more. Like they're gonna really have to not play clay more than they they should, right? And but that's where pool comes in. We'll we'll get into it. Absolutely. Okay. Um, let's move it. Let's move it to Draymond now. What do you want to see from Draymond? The magic number, baby. The magic number <laughs> that we talked about all last season. I only have the number eight in front of me. I'm sure you have other numbers associated with that number, whether the Warriors play well or not. But eight points. I mean, the last game, let's just talk about the Blazers game. Uh, he had a couple possessions where he shot, I think he shot three turnaround shots. I don't even know if you count them as fadeaways. One of them an air ball. The other one a brick. And then one of them, he kind of flips over Covington and then does the, does the, does the too small celebration, which I found hilarious, but it's, and then, Oh, there was one more possession where he's in, he's in transition runs over Covington, essentially goes right through him and draws the foul. Um, That's the type of aggressiveness. I mean, when was the last time? 2015, 2016, we saw that Uh, he's never going to be efficient offensively, but if he's going to shoot that much, that confidently, Sam, I mean, that's eight points. He's going to average eight points. That's what the Warriors need. I have eight for a different reason. (laughs) Eight shots a game. That's what I want to see from him. Last time he took over eight shots a game, Uh 2017-18. That's also the last time he shot over 30% from three. I think people think he stopped shooting the ball and trying to score when KD came to the Warriors, when in actuality it was on the back half of KD's time with the Warriors. The first two years KD was on the Warriors, Draymond averaged – 10.2 points and 11 points a game. Now, no one's saying he was like a world beater, but he did the things you were talking about, which is like he'd take the open three-pointer. He would cut to the rim. He'd just do enough to be an honest threat, right? Yep. Yep. That's what I want to see from him. Since 2018, okay, in KD's last year, he took 6.4 shots a game. Then there was the D-Lo year. He took like seven shots. Last year, he only took six shots a game. Six isn't going to cut it for me. I need him to take eight. Eight means he's taking stuff in the flow of the offense. He's always going to be a pass-first player, and we want him to be a pass-first player. I, I don't need Draymond hunting his jump, you know? <laughs> I just need Draymond taking the open ones. And if he takes open ones with confidence like he has in preseason, fine. He's going to end up averaging, if he takes like eight shots a game, he's going to average around 10 points. Averages around 10 points. I'm thrilled because I know he's going to be one of the best defensive players. And I know he's going to have that IQ and the passing ability. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, somewhere along the line, it felt less thinking of this the other day, somewhere along the line, it just felt like the mindset, he just lost it because he just, it didn't matter anymore offensively. He was just completely content. Like I'm just going to pass the KD clay and Steph, and I'm just, I'm just going to hunt those. And I think it takes some year. It, I mean, it could take someone years to get out of that mindset. I think that's what's happening with Draymond. So Look, he's not going to be that type of score ever, but maybe we got fingers crossed here, Sam, that after two years of kind of trying to snap out of it, that that he's kind of getting back to that person. So, um, yeah, I like that. I like that. 
eight points I, and eight shots. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, hopefully scores more than eight points. Yeah, right. takes eight shots. But anyway, the point stands. Um, all right. On to our, uh, our favorite two-way player, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm a little low on Andrew Wiggins this season. Uh, not because of the preseason, just because just you look at Andrew Wiggins. I, just, I don't see how he fits on this team offensively, especially if guys around him look like they do this preseason. So my, what I want to see out of Wiggins this season if, is that he's good enough to close games on most nights. Um, I think the Warriors would like him to close games every night. He gets paid like he should. But I just, Sam, I just think Paul and Otto Porter should be in closing lineups. And I, I stand by this since, since I don't know how many months it's been. So and they Wiggins probably, they probably will be in the early part of the season, but when Clay comes back, decision yes, yes. decisions will have to be yeah. made. I'm talking January, right? February. So as of now, he'll close everything. But let's say end of the season, which is, you know, contention time and the Warriors have to get a three seed, two seed. Is Wiggins good enough to close? I, I want to see him be good enough to close. I don't know. Um, and so that's that's my I got my fingers crossed with uh with O O two way. Old two way. We're gonna start calling him now. Old two way. Old two way. <laughs> Twenty seven only. You know, is he reaching his prime? They, say. <laughs> they, they tell you takes a fadeaway mid mid range jumper. Oh, old two way at it again. Oh my god! <laughs> just uh, did you did you see that Steve said he was a couple weeks away from optimum shape? It just kind of tells me like what has he been doing all all preseason. <laughs> Yeah, so like so for, COVID. So, <laughs> so for me, uh, I mean, maybe the vaccine really affected him. Yeah. But what, what I was gonna say, so for me, the thing I want to see with Wiggins is shoot over thirty-seven percent from three. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna pull this up just to make it clear. Last year, he shot thirty-eight percent from three, which is the first time in his career he shot over thirty-seven percent. Um. He shot 30, about 36% once in Minnesota, but mostly it was about a 33% shooter over there. Now, we do know he gets easier shots with the Warriors, so that's probably a big reason mm-hmm. he had an uptick on the three-point percentage. But honestly, this team, it's not that they need him to space the floor as much as they don't need him dribbling into mid-range jumpers. And for him not to dribble into mid-range jumpers, he has to have confidence in his jumper, his three-point jumper. For him to have confidence in it, it has to go down. You know Wiggins going to start dribbling into the key if he's going 0 for 5, 1 for 6, 1 for 4, continuously from 3, like game after game, instead of just taking the in-rhythm catch and shoot. So that's the first thing I want to see from him. Uh, because I think his defense will still be valuable and he'll still be able to do the things he did last year, which make him ultimately useful for the Warriors, even if it's not at his salary. But if he if he can't hit that outside jumper, I could see it really leading to negative consequences for the Warriors offense because he's going to look to try to create his own shot. And it's just at no point in his career has he ever displayed the ability to create his own shot in a way that is meaningful, efficient, and helps you win. Like it's, it's like, yes, he can hit a tough step back mid-range jumper. He also hits it at about 40%. Great. Every possession that ends like that's a win for the defense. Every, I just, I mean, that's the biggest, that's the biggest point. And look, we're, we're, Wiggins is going to be, I think, fine this season. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be a $14 million player, but, uh, I, like I don't, I don't know if the Warriors 100% need Wiggins to be to take a leap to be a contending team. I mean, they would be if he took a leap, but it's just, it's just be good enough. Like last season, like you said, make the threes and uh, just kind of 
do less of the bad things. Uh, grow on, grow on defense. Continue to hit your open catch and shoots, and limit the off off the dribble creation. That's like what I want to see from him. That's pretty simple. Uh, the other thing I want to see from him is like get to the rim. Like this team needs guys who can just slash and finish at the rim, which is why we think Wiseman's going to be so important. Uh, Wiggins is also a natural fit to fill that role with his athleticism on the wing, but I just, I'm not even throwing that in here because I just don't think it's realistic to expect him to like turn into Jimmy Butler, you know, it's, it's it's realistic to expect him to hit 37% of his catch and shoot threes. I don't think it's realistic to expect him to like become a shot creator. Golden State Warriors basketball is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Warriors tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those office service fees that all the other ticket sites charge, which allows them to guarantee the best prices on all of the NBA tickets. So listen to this, Sam. If you don't believe it, if you can find better prices for all the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference. Really? 110%? 110%. Oh, man. Of the difference in the purchase price. So, as we all are, and as we'll get into into this podcast and for the next month, uh, Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, all these guys that you're going to want to watch at the Chase Center this season, TickPick has you covered. All you have to do is visit TickPick.com slash LightYears and use the promo code LightYears to save $10 on your first order of Golden State Warriors basketball tickets. Remember, TickPick.com slash LightYears. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's get to Jordan Poole. All right, so this is uh, I, this is one of the toughest ones that I, I just – he's been so good in the offseason, preseason. You kind of have to think about, all right, am I going to start comparing him to Kyrie Irving is what I want out of him, <laughs> or am I going to be more realistic? So I'm going to go free throw. The vaccinated Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, vaccinated Kyrie, right. Right now, Jordan Poole is better than Kyrie Irving, objectively. Uh, I'm going to go free throws per game. Um, and I think you'll like this one uh, catering to you a little bit because uh, like they, need, they need someone to get to the rim. Um, and so he averages two a game, which I means a guard and he's not like, it's not like he's Damian Lillard, but that's there, only right? in 19 minutes. He was technically, mm-hmm. he averaged about four per 36 minutes. So I want to, so I'm going to assume here that he plays 
30 a game. So let's just say he's a like a normal rotation player. Starting, most, got, most starting minutes. guys play 33 a game, right? Mm-hmm. How, how about let's see if he can get to four a game. Uh, I'm looking at guys like, I, I threw out like Donovan Mitchell is a guy like I, I didn't right. want to I didn't want to pick Dame just because Dame's a foul baiter he's he's gonna just get a ton of free throws no matter what but someone like Donnie Mitchell who's who's kind of like a normal basketball player he plays an honest Donnie, game Donnie gets his five to six free yep. throws a game yep. yeah yep. that's a good so let's call. see let's see if he can get to four I think Poole has a little bit of more of a natural way of drawing fouls than Steph Curry I think Steph Curry just naturally is I'm going to finish around contact unless he's foul baiting. I think Jordan Poole is more, I can take contact and, uh, and go to the rim and, and still score through it. So uh, four free throws a game. Let, let's see if Poole can get there. If he does, I mean, he's, he's going to be a monster. So that's what I like to see out of him. I like that. By the way, in preseason, 4.8 free throw attempts per 36 minutes. I, I keep going with the per 36 minutes because it's like the closest he can get to kind of projecting out preseason minutes yep. to like what they will get in a real game. I think he can get to four. For me, I'm thinking 20 points per game. I think he can legitimately do it. I think they need him to do it. And more than anything, I, I you you kind of stole my take, honestly. <laughs> you know what I liked about that last preseason game? He couldn't hit any jumpers. And you know what he did? He took it to the cup. They need him to continually do that. He's He's not Steph Curry. Uh, Cause no one is. And even quite frankly, even Steph has games where he can't hit his outside shot. Mm-hmm. The fact that Jordan Poole's still aggressive when he's going like, Oh, for five, Oh, for six from three. That's all I need to see because that step back is filthy. It's fun to watch. And like him cooking. It's, it's awesome. But like, there's going to be nights your jumper isn't working. Can you still put pressure on the defense? So I think that's my big thing with him. I think he will average over 20 points per game until Ooh. Clay returns, though, by the way. Like, when Clay Ooh. returns, we'll see what happens. But I think – I mean, they're depending on him to provide a lot of offense, and I think he can do it. Wow. Wow. All right. Wow. I mean, look, hey, Clay has never averaged. Well, the Clay is maybe just right at the borderline of 20 a game for his career. And, uh, man, nah, Clay's average, Clay's averaged over 20 for most of his career. I, I thought he's been up at about that number, right? I, mean, I could be wrong, but, um, man, that would be incredible for the Warriors if, uh, if they have Jordan Poole averaging 20. Yeah. Even, even if Clay's out, they just, whoo. All right. Let's keep going. Um, Looney. Oh, boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Set those <laughs> screens, bro. <laughs> oh, oh boy. What's your All number? Right. 18 screens a game. <laughs> what I would like to see out of Kevon Looney. Um, you know, what's been no hip surgeries. <laughs> thinking about it. I was, was thinking about this during Portland. I feel bad for Kevon Looney because from my mindset, because watching this team play basketball, he looks a little out of place with, uh, along with Andrew Wiggins, just cause he's slow. He's lumbering. Still good defensively, right? Sets great screens, finds the open guys. Does all the things that Kevon Looney does, but, you know, he's out here trying to shoot mid-range jump shots, and uh, boy, that's ugly. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, damn, he just he's not a rim runner, right? Like, it's not like he's Wiseman. Like, he's not going to be a rim running big, which is kind of what the, what the league is going to. He's just kind of, kind of just a guy. So what I want to see out of him is I would like to see him shoot one three-pointer a game. Um, that's where the league is going, and I know what he can do. And I don't want him to be a better defender. He's not going to be a better defender. I don't want him to be a better screener. He's not going to be a better screener. One three a game. It's all phenomenal screener though. There's <laughs> I was watching some of the I was re-watching some of the Portland preseason game, and it's just like he has 
he's like right behind Draymond in terms of his like dribble handoff screen synergy with Steph. Yeah, like you yeah. could, just by fact of he knows how to like lead block for Steph, he's valuable <laughs> for this team. And that's really he, what he Mike does. McGlinchey, he is not. He is not like looking. I mean, the Niners should probably put him at right tackle. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, he's still, he's still good. He's still a very good basketball player. Be nice to see him shoot a three game. Stay healthy. That's all I want from a Looney because this team is painfully thin inside. Looney, um, even if Wiseman comes back and explodes and they have the small ball lineup, there's always minutes to just get Looney in there to be fundamentally sound and set some screens. Um, so stay healthy, buddy. Uh, let's go to Wiseman. So let's, let's actually, before, before we start on Wiseman, mm-hmm. we got the notification. So he's progressing in his rehab, but it doesn't, to me, it doesn't sound like he's suiting up before mid November and it might even be late November. It's hard. They're, they're playing it pretty close to the vest. So let's assume best case he misses 12 to 15 games. Worst case, it's more like 20 to 25 yeah. in terms of his return. So we're talking about sometime between mid-November and mid-December for when we see him on the court again. This one was obvious to me. Um, the injury stuff, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Whether he's coming back late or not, just come back healthy. I mean, I don't care when. You come back in March, I don't give a fuck. Uh, just come back healthy. Uh, yeah, defensive. No setbacks. Yeah, no setbacks, whatever. Just just come back. Jaron Jackson Jr. looks incredible. My, my auction basketball draft is tomorrow. I'm targeting JJJ because I think he's just going to be a fucking beast. And uh, he, he had the meniscus injury and he came back late, right? Like he had a lot of issues coming back. So get back healthy, obviously, but defensively in all five man lineups with Wiseman next season, Sam, I would like Wiseman to be, I don't know, is, is it hard to ask for net neutral defense when he's on the floor? Like, is that possible for James Wiseman to become a net neutral defender when he's on the floor uh, when he's back? So probably a tough ask, but if he can get out of, get him to do that, by the end of next season, I think it would be a successful season two for Wiseman. Yeah. Um, so for <laughs> me, no, no, I agree with you. So two things for him to be helpful on this team, he has to master screen setting and rim running. And I think he can do that, that part of it. He'll be, he'll be a weapon for this team who can just use him in, in like a JaVale McGee fashion in the short term on offense for him to be an impact player who has any shot at closing games, that's the defensive side. Steve Kerr is not going to have him play the last six minutes of a game that matters if he can't trust him on defense, nor should he. If Until he displays no. he's a better option than them just going small, he's not going to be a closing player. And that's okay. He doesn't need to be a closing player immediately, but it is something that it would be disappointing if he can't get to becoming a closing player by next, but you know, in the next two years, right. I, I you would take say a guy, in the next two years. Yeah. Yes. You, you don't take a guy number two with him just to be like a middle reliever, so to say, right. You know, <laughs> like you, like, I, I don't know why I went to that analogy, but like you take a guy number two overall, because you think he's going to be a building block for your team. <laughs> um, So for James Wiseman, I want to see his percentage go up. They're going to simplify his role in offense. You talked about it with Steve Kerr last year. He shot 51.9%, which is not good for a center with his size and athleticism. Like he should be walking into, he should be walking into 60%. Oh yes. So for me, you know, he's going to take threes, which are going to by default lower that percentage. But let me put it this way. 
He shot 54% on two-pointers last year. That number better be over 60 this year. I don't want to see any of those post fadeaways or like weird mid-range shots. Like if he's just concentrating on rim running and using his athleticism and touch, he should be at 65% from twos because they'll all be dunks or layups anyway. I mean, even, even the stuff that he did last season, he, he never had a one dribble kind of just over the over the right shoulder left hand kind of five foot flip shot right like he never even did one one dribble pull up or two dribble pull up going (laughs) over the left going over the right (laughs) i didn't (laughs) by the way shouts to to bds shouts to ball don't stop what a legend what a legend absolute legend he's he's incredible uh (laughs) i just he Look, I'm, 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 I enjoy every big man has to get out there and, and get up some bad shots, right? It's just, you can't always just go for a dunk, but like the bad shot he was taking was incredibly bad. So he never did like a normal big man post move. So yeah, I mean, 60%. I mean, you look at Rudy Gobert, he's always at what, almost 70%. But again, he doesn't shoot threes. James Wiseman, you like to see him shoot threes. But yeah, we're focusing on the easy stuff. i surprised he didn't say three-pointers. But I mean, most important, oh, that's a, threes is not the top of the list one, though. Priority. That's a, that's the a second thing. He took one three in 21 minutes a game last year, 31.6%. Yeah. Maybe he takes two threes a game this year. Maybe not. But let's get that to 33 34%. So what I'm really looking for is master finishing inside and slowly progress as an outside shooter. I don't need him to be I don't need him to be a Bielitsa from 3. I just need him to show that he can continue to hit that shot and then like maybe in 4 years that he turns into a 37 38% three-point shooter to go with like more dominance inside. That would be great. Yep. Okay. I can't believe we waited this long yeah, to get was waiting. To, to this guy. And I didn't know where to put him because I was kind of going in order of minutes, really. Clay Thompson. Which is ironic because what I want to see out of him is minutes. Uh, average is 33 for his, for, for his career. It's about what Steph is at. I mean, those guys play around that number. Um, by the end of the season, can, play, can Clay play 33 minutes a game is what I want to see. By the end. Right. By by the time the playoffs start, is Clay Thompson able to play 33? If they still have him on a minute minutes restriction in the first round of the postseason, I don't know. Is that a good thing? But I just I would like to see him play 33 uh, by the end of the season. Whether he looks like he's the same person or not, I think is not as not as uh, important because if he's out there and he's his knees and 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 uh, Achilles are able to handle 33, yeah, it's, that's a great thing. That's what you want to see. I like that one. I am going to set the number at 40 games. I want to see him play 40 games. If he plays 40 games, that means he came back around Christmas and he didn't suffer any real setbacks the rest of the way. If he comes back at Christmas, they'll have played about 30-ish games. So there's about 50 left on the season. And I anticipate he will play zero back-to-backs all year, nor should he. So let's just say of those final 50 games, he plays 40 of them because there's going to be a few rest days mixed in there. I will be thrilled with that. If he can do that, he'll, he'll have displayed to me that he's done the first step, which is get his body back on the court. And then the following year might be the year he really plays like old clay again. So, but I just want to see him play 40 games, get back on the court. Um, I don't really have any basketball wants from him. Like we know who he is as a player. I just wanted to get back to it. Like I expect he'll be a little slower initially, but so what? Is is he going to be able to finish with his left hand this year? No, just (laughs) just stay, just stay healthy. Wouldn't it be great if Clay just came back with like a ridiculous handle, just doing in and out triples, freezing (laughs) defenders with a hezzy. 
He just comes back with a with a Kobe package. Yeah, I mean, I just just stay healthy, Clay. Yeah, just get a ball don't stop video on Clay Thompson. On Clay Thompson, this, this, this guy. You talk about you do with his offhand. You do this. <laughs> Clay Thompson is a I don't know. He, he's a he's a he's a hooper. He's a baller. He's all of it. He's all of it. Come back soon. All right. Let's see. How many more players do we really want to do? Who else do we need to talk about here? Okay. Let's talk. Um, let's, let's do Damian Lee and Juan Toscano Anderson together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Damian Lee. I, w- I could also bring up one, one percentage as being the, well, okay. I'm going to do Damian Lee first. First of all, I don't think I've ever flipped on a player as much as Damian Lee in that the first season I watched Lee hated it. Just, I just, I, I felt like the guy never knew what he was doing. And he was all over the place. You watch Damian Lee now, dude looks like a 10-year vet. Looks like Andre Godala. He knows exactly what he's doing and exactly what he wants to do at all times. Uh, it seems, seems like he's getting underpaid and he's underrated. He may, might even be closing lineups. I get to the point. I mean, I just for me, 40% three-point shooting. He shot 39.7 last season. Uh, started his career, I don't know, like mid-30s. But yeah, if he can get to 40%, if he chucks him at a good volume, I mean, the guy... Shit, I mean, he might be more valuable than Wiggins. <laughs> I may be going crazy, but I mean, the guy's the guy's been awesome. You are going crazy, um, <laughs> Damian Lee. Yeah, for me, I want to see forty percent from three, and then I want to talk Juan Toscano Anderson. Okay, Juan last year shot forty four percent from three, or sorry, forty percent from three. My bad. If he shot forty four, <laughs> we'd have remembered. Uh, he took 1.7 threes a game though. He didn't really shoot a lot and and that's fine. He's not a big time shot volume guy. I want to see him take a few more threes and keep that percentage above 35%. That's a big thing for me because I know Juan will be able to pass the ball and cut off ball, but I want to see the shot. I want him to get a little more confidence with the shot. If he's more confident with the shot, he'll just get more and more minutes. The second thing I want to see from Juan is I want to see him improve guarding bigger guys. I thought he was pretty good switching on to smaller guys last year and playing passing lanes, but bigger guys could really bully him inside for him to be an option on like LeBron or even like KD or guys like that. He's got to become a stronger defender in the way that like PJ Tucker is, you know, and uh, we, he's not there yet. He put on, was it 10 or 20 pounds of muscle in the offseason? Oh, he oh, was wow. on muscle watch. He put on some wow. weight. Wow. Um, it's not like physically noticeable, but I'm taking on his word that he's gotten stronger. So I just want to see him use it because that's another way in which he can really help this team. He profiles as another switchable multi-positional defender, but he hasn't been great at defending the post and bigger guys so far, but I think he can get there. I think uh, JTA, we haven't talked much of him just because it seems like he's getting beat he's out steady. a lot by a lot. Yeah, but he's also, I think a lot of the vets are going to get those minutes. But hey, I mean, whoops, the elites, he's, he, these guys are not going to play every game. Like JTA is going to is going to play a lot. So, um, all right. Do we have a couple? We do have a yeah, couple we got, guys. We, we can just rip through we, them. Yeah, Otto Porter. Otto Porter, just another guy that you want to say just needs to stay healthy because you know what he's going to get out there. I think for me, I would like him to move a little faster defensively, whether that means he needs to play more basketball to get back in shape, whether he needs to lose 10 pounds, like offensively, it looks like he's going to be this guy. He's just going to be good enough. I, I the off the dribble stuff. I don't think that that's, it was never that, really a huge part of his game. Yeah. Though. He's always like, been kind of a shooter cut guy. 
But for him to stay on the floor, I think defensively, we're going to need him to be, I mean, the Warriors are going to need him to be better probably. And he just still looks kind of big. So uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe what I want to see is him lose 10 pounds, but um, I, I think, think with Otto Porter, as long as he stays on the court, we're happy. I think that's fair. Um, the shooting touch is always going to be there Whew. and you just see how big of an impact being able to shoot the ball from the power forward position makes for the Warriors. He's been rebounding the ball well too. He's just, I mean, he's just playing like a slower auto Porter. Yeah. And I wonder if, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I wonder if he can get back to what he was three years ago, which was, I mean, it's not like he was like a quick twitch athlete, but he was a little more explosive and quicker than this right now. I don't think yeah. he's a guy you can really switch on to too many guys. No, no, no. And, um, you know, he's kind of out there to hit shots and play intelligently and rebound a little bit. And I think he can give him more if he gets in better shape and he's acknowledged he's not in the best shape. So. Maybe that changes. All right, let's go to Iguodala. Uh, Iguodala, that one's, I mean, it could go three-pointer, but I think just uh, if Iguodala can kind of show Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, I think mostly Jonathan Kaminga, what to do. Like, I was thinking about this. I was, if, if, if Andre Iguodala retires after the season, I would like Andre Iguodala to be in the front office just so he can help Jonathan Kaminga because uh, it's just, I think Moses Moody is going to be fine, but I think Kaminga is going to need some type of veteran help from, a, from another wing guy. And uh, for, for, for me, I think Iguodala mentoring Kaminga is going to be a big part of the season. Yeah, Bielitsa. Ooh, you keep, go take this. You, keep, you take cooking, this keep cooking, Belly. <laughs> Honestly, another guy, I mean, this is, this is the case for the, the whole Warriors roster. Stay in shape and stay healthy. Like Otto Porter, he's gotten out of shape in the past. We're seeing in preseason, this dude fits the Warriors offense to a T. Very good passer, hell of a shooter. Yep. Um, not the fastest player. So he's going to probably not be a good defender ever. And he's probably going to be, he's a different player, but he'll probably be used like how most Bates was like, put him in for instant offense, take him off in like closing situations because he's a defensive liability. Like he'll be that kind of guy. Um, but I just want just stay healthy. And particularly for their big men, that's the biggest thing. Cause they just don't have many options there yep. and they need them healthy. Yeah. All right. Let's last ones. I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anyone. Um, Moody, let's do Moody and Kuminga together. Yeah, uh, I'll take Moody because I love Moody. Um, three point shooting and and uh, this intangible, but looking like he can stay on a basketball court, NBA basketball court, because I think he's going. He's the guy that's going to be closest IQ wise out of these three rookies. I'm going to count Wiseman as one to looking like he can play and to understand NBA basketball. So I think just continuing to be that type of player because I think Wiseman and Kaminga are just mentally so long <laughs> from looking like they can they can play NBA hoop. But I think Moody, if he looks like he can play, shit, I mean, he should be closing basketball games in year three. Yeah. Um, for me, I guess it's the defensive side. I know he knows how to play offense in this system. Like, he, he's just – he's tailor-made for it. He knows how to move off ball. He knows how to play off staff. He'll take the shots he needs to take. He'll pass when someone closes out onto him. Like, it's very natural for him. And, uh, but defense will determine if he plays 20 minutes a game, if he can play coherent team defense, he's going to be in the rotation because he's a smart player for Kuminga. It's about figuring out what he can do to get on the court year one, whether that means as a slasher or he figures out a corner three point shot or something. I think the Warriors are going to want to play him because of his size and athleticism, he's another guy who's going to probably rebound the ball pretty well for them, but he's got to be able to do something in a smaller role. 
We watched him in summer league and summer league. He was kind of the man in the G league bubble. He's kind of the man. He's not going to be given the freedom to freelance with the ball with Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, clay Thompson, Draymond green on the floor. He needs to prove he needs to figure out how he can impact the game just to get on the court. Like, do you remember Jalen Brown year one, Jalen Brown year one did not do a lot, but he got on the court because he, defended hard and he figured out how to like slash and hit a corner three just enough to play some minutes. That's what I want to see from Kuminga. I just, I don't, yeah, I, I like the optimism, so I won't bring it down. I will not bring it down. Um, is that everyone? I think that's everyone want to hit on. Do you want to do front office? One last thing. Like I think, Ooh, I think the yes. only, th- yes, yes. I, what I want to see is them be aggressive. If this team gets out to a hot start, yes. the way we think they might, if this team is, third fourth in the west at christmas they better be more aggressive at the trade market because if the the Warriors are that good early on that means steph's having another mvp year that means a lot of the other pieces are working that means that they're very firmly in contention and just throwing a year away for like 2026 is unacceptable oh i don't know why we didn't do this earlier but this is a great part to to end on because there's a narrow there's a not small chance here that the Warriors are in contention to win the title realistically. I'm not just being a homer. Actually, I am. But well, we'll talk about a lot more of this on on part two, which comes out tomorrow. But it's like, yeah, it's kind of there's a lot of good teams. I'm not sure there's any juggernauts. Yep. Yep. And if if that happens, if that happens, I mean, look, you're higher on Kaminga than I am. Kaminga should be on the trade block. James White, well, maybe they need Wiseman, but like these should be looking to improve and they should be looking to spend money. Now the MLE, it's pretty much a no, no, non, that's not going to happen. At this I mean, point. they could but, use it. They could yeah. use it with when the buyout market comes. Cause then they can offer someone who gets bought out more money. So cur- like, does that matter? But like, again, they, they should still offer it though. Right. Like does, they should still offer it. But, does it yeah. matter? Of course it does. If you, if guys take buyouts, that means they're giving back some of their salary, but like to your point, like, we haven't actually seen this come to fruition in this way. So I was thinking about it. I, was, I couldn't really think of anyone. Uh, uh, Joe Johnson? Is, was it yeah. Joe Johnson? Yeah, the only person I can even think of on top of my head who might be an option this year would be like Kevin Love. He's going to inevitably have to give up money to get bought out. So maybe you get him. But like, I don't even know if you want him, to be honest. I, I was going to say, yeah. But, but anyway, yeah. Um, we'll lock into the season preview for, for the rest of the for the rest of the, uh, the rest of the teams. But yeah, um, looking forward to this season. Absolutely. We'll be back with part two. Um, or maybe it's already on your podcast. But check out season preview part two. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.